So hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time of day you're listening to this. This is Lace speaking to you from sunny UK. It is uh, the UK in terms of lockdown. We are still in lockdown 3.0 and it looks like we will be for some weeks to come. But here it is. I'm talking to you about the ability to connect with your audience. Now, if you've been on the last two podcasts, you'll recall that this is all about tips, techniques, and tools to help you get better and more enhanced at your virtual meetings and presentation skills. So if you recall week one, back on the 18th of January, I believe it was all about the content and your ability to use the content within the context of your presentational meeting and how to best leverage what you're going to say. Then we talked about the second week, which was much more about your physical skills. In other words, what are your audience looking at and what are they listening to? Very, very useful piece. And for those of you that don't use your gestures, your eye control or your perceived eye contact, that was a very useful episode in terms of what you could do to really connect with your audience. So this week we're into February. It's February the February the first. So this year is rattling past already. We're into the second month of 2021, and today I'm going to talk about the technical setup on how to enhance the way you come across, which is obviously critical these days because if we're all communicating in this two-dimensional world on a laptop or a phone or some, some device, then your technical setup has become even more important than it ever was before. So let's start at the beginning. <clears throat> so in, in terms of all the tips, this is tip number 26, but in terms of the technical setup, this is tip number one. So let's have a look at this. The first thing is I would say number one is to know your application very well. So whether you're using Teams, Zoom, Hangouts, WebEx, whichever application you use. And if you haven't already, then it's really time to start to get used to all the features on that application. You know, how do you mute yourself? I mean, very basic stuff. There are much more advanced stuff now, which I'm, I'm able to do, thankfully, because I've been using it for years. But the very basic things like how to mute and unmute your stuff yourself, how to use a breakout room, how to share your screen, how to annotate, how to draw on the whiteboard, whatever it is, make sure you're able to use that. And even if you're never going to give presentations or meetings, you may be asked to do something online now in Zoom or Teams that you've never had to do in the past. So to come across as more professional, it may be worth investing some time to know how your application works. But certainly, if you are presenting or you are the host and you're presenting on Teams or Hangouts or Zoom, then yes, I would highly recommend and suggest that you start to get to know that application very, very well. Practice using that application. So not only get to know it by learning on Zoom, for example, they've got lots and lots of tutorials on how to use various features. You can also find an awful lot on YouTube, of course, but practice it yourself. I've got this favorite quote of mine, which has held me in good stead for decades now. And that is to, to know something and not do it is not really knowing it. In other words, if you know something cognitively, but you don't actually practically do it, you don't practice it or rehearse it, 
then you don't really know it because you've never experienced any problems using whatever it is you're doing in terms of an application. So use it, practice it, make the mistakes when it's not on a critical meeting. And you'll find that when you're on the critical meeting, you're actually a little bit more relaxed and a little less nervous in terms of using the, app, the features on that application. Number three, I would always suggest using an Ethernet cable, not Wi-Fi, because Wi-Fi has a tendency to dip in and out, and you get that weird kind of computer noise that when people's voice goes all weird and tinny and metallic because they're breaking in and out of the signal. My strong recommendation is always use an Ethernet cable. If you cannot use a cable for whatever reason, then stay as close as you can to the router. It's where it is where the signal is strongest, even with a booster in a different room, I would still suggest staying near the router to keep that signal as strong as possible. You can always check the internet speed uh, by using something like Google Speed Test, and you can find out how fast your Wi-Fi is. And uh, there are parameters for Zoom and Teams. You can look up their tech stuff. And if you are under the minimum recommended bandwidth, then it is likely that your Zoom call will break down or your Teams call. So have a look at that. Generally speaking, most modern Wi-Fi systems will cope more than adequately. Use a quality webcam. Use a quality webcam and cables. I would not personally rely on the camera in the laptop. Yes, of course it works, but it doesn't put you in the best light, literally, because <laughs> their ability to use light, especially when it's dim, and the quality of the sharpness of the image and the background and the ability to pick up contrast on most computer cameras are not good. Just have a look on your preferred supplier online. There's many of them, as I'm sure you're aware. Have a look at a, a decent webcam, read the reviews. They're very, very worthwhile investment. A webcam does wonders to the quality of your image. And of course, very closely linked to that is to use an external microphone. An omnidirectional USB 3 microphone works exceptionally well. There are many, many, many of them online. Again, fairly inexpensive, and they will really enhance the quality of your voice, the richness in the tones, and the sound of, the, of, of how you come across, rather than this echoey, tinny sound that you get from either a cheap set of uh, headphones and or a, a computer microphone. Now a quality set of headphones with a mouthpiece or a mouth boom works exceptionally well too. And if you have uh, you know, a choice, then by all means get one of those and or an external USB mic. If you've got a set of headphones, because I would recommend using a set of headphones, particularly if you're anticipating any background noise. Now, if you live in a household with kids and, and pets and or near a noisy road or construction site or whatever it might be, then yes, by all means, use quality headphones so you don't get disturbed. And in many applications on Zeeman Teams, for example, you can suppress the background noise within the application. So that will really, really help. Next one is certainly, and I've seen, seen this so many times, it gets quite frustrating. Turn off, I repeat, turn off all your notifications, whether it's on your calendar or your diary, or an alarm, whatever it might be, turn them off. Because not only is it 
I would say unprofessional, because if you've prepared well for a meeting, then really those sort of things should be basically acknowledged. Turn off your notifications, turn off your alarms, turn off this, the the ringtone from your mobile phone or the or the vibration, because it may seem very simple, but if the phone goes off twice in a half hour call, it does disturb not only you, but also your audience. Now you might think, well, it's only a 10, 15 second disturbance. Yes, but the secondary, the second level of that is of course it disturbs the flow. You might be in flow talking about a particular topic, your phone goes off or an alarm goes off on your laptop. It disturbs what you were thinking about and it disturbs what your audience were thinking. And then you have to go back to back to where you were, revisit what you said, and that has an impact on time. And if that goes off two or three times during one meeting, it then really does start to get irritating. So turn off anything that you're not using. The laptop, uh, what I would say about your laptop, if you're in a position to have a powerful laptop, please try and have one. If you aren't, then turn off any other applications that are running in the background. So don't have Word and PowerPoint and three or four or five different browsers open and half a dozen YouTube videos open. Yes, they'll all be in the background and on silent, but just by the very virtue of the fact that they are running means it's using up the capacity of your laptop. So turn everything else off and then just use your Zoom call or whatever application you're using and nothing else. That way, not only will you um, allow the laptop to function more swiftly and to process more quickly, it definitely depletes the, the, the ability, it definitely depletes the ability for the laptop to run quickly. So turn off anything that's not being used. The other thing I would say is to always, always, always test the tech. I'm continually surprised on many, I'm on many Zoom calls every week. And the number of people that simply don't test their equipment. I get on calls, people can't hear me, uh, their microphone isn't working, they're not able to share a screen, they haven't loaded up what they were going to present. And this sort of thing can really, really be anticipated ahead of time. So make sure you've, do, you've done the basics, but prepare well in terms of the tech setup. It's a bit like I don't know, something like having a dinner party. You wouldn't just allow your guests to arrive. Well, first of all, you'd have a time for when they were arriving. So let's say it's seven o'clock in the evening. So you'd have a specific time, but you would also get everything ready. You might have some drinks prepared. You might have some food prepared. You might have, uh, I don't know, some games prepared, something like that. So get all of that stuff prepared, just like you would in a real meeting in the office. You'd have your cookies and your pastries and your coffee and tea and water prepared, your juices. You'd have breakout times scheduled. It'll be the same as if you're having a dinner party at home. You'd have the food and drinks prepared. You wouldn't just show up to a meeting and have nothing prepared. So why wouldn't you do that for a Zoom or a Teams call? Definitely prepare for your online calls. Virtual backgrounds seems to be one that's quite contentious. So it's my final point here, but virtual backgrounds, my honest take on virtual backgrounds is that unless it's absolutely necessary for you to hide something in the background, that's because the conditions or the context of where you live and, the, and where you're working from 
simply doesn't allow you to show the background. And it could be just a, a messy room, uh, something that's in the background that's disturbing the way that you will look and so on. Then I wouldn't use a personal, I personally wouldn't use a virtual background because it's almost subliminally saying I've got something to hide. And by association, people are going to wonder what's in your genuine background. And of course, everybody knows you're not on top of the Eiffel Tower or uh, you know on the beach in Hawaii or wherever it might be that you've got a background. And if you do need to use a corporate background because it's the corporate logo that needs to be seen, I totally understand that. However, it's very, very inexpensive to get some kind of green screen. You can even get ones that clip onto the back of your chair these days very quickly and very inexpensive from Amazon or, or other online retailers. Use a green screen. The image is much, much sharper of you. But more importantly, when you gesture and move your head or move your fingers and arms, they don't blur into the background. And if you've got long hair, it doesn't just fade into the background. And then you've got a mishmash of both how you look and how your background looks and something very odd in between. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a blurry cutout of you, but you can't really tell. So don't use virtual backgrounds unless you've got a green screen and can set it up very well and have tested it to see how you look, unless you can avoid it, in which case just use your normal background. Make sure it's neat and tidy. Obviously don't have a pile of washing in the background or a pile of dishes that doesn't uh, doesn't reflect well on you. But if you can avoid using virtual background, I would suggest use your normal background. It just suggests honesty, truth, and transparency, which is what you want in today's day and age. So that was a technical setup. So briefly to recap, just choose the application that you're going to use, whichever that is, Zoom and Teams, make sure you know it well, practice the features, practice using it well ahead of any call, always use an Ethernet cable, not Wi-Fi if you can, check your internet speed, use a webcam and external microphone if you can, not the, the laptop camera and microphone because they don't do you any justice. If any background noise is anticipated, use headphones and suppress background noise within the application. Turn off, please, turn off any anything that has a sound, your phone ringing or buzzing or vibrating or any calendar or diary notifications. And then test all technical stuff before, well before you're meeting, the day before, two or three hours before on the same day. Not, I repeat, not five minutes before you start the meeting. You really are asking for trouble if that's the case. And then of course, finally, avoid any virtual background if you can. Unless it's done really well, it does give you this weird image of you fading in and out of a picture that we all know you're not in. <laughs> all right. So, and finally, I'm just gonna talk about the general aspects of today, the way we work in, the way we communicate, the way we contribute and the way we interact with each other. So for me, you know, if you are in a situation where there are children or elderly relatives or pets living in the house, plan your meetings well in advance. You know, check in on the children or relatives or the pets, make sure they've got everything they need before you get on the meeting. It's to help you help yourself. In other words, if they interrupt you, then you're going to have to excuse the children or the pet jumping on your lap or somebody walking in on a meeting. We've all seen the BBC interviewer. If you haven't, check it out on YouTube. BBC interviewer gets interrupted. There are several of them. So help yourself 
get better at not being interrupted. Check everything else is done before you get on the call. If you need to put a post-it note or a sticky note on the door saying, please do not disturb, tell them what time you're starting and finishing the meeting so they know that during that half hour, you'd really appreciate not being disturbed. Turn off any other distractions. We've already spoken about the tech setup in terms of diary interruptions and so on, calendar and phone interruptions. But in case of the general interruptions, your TV or your radio or any other tech that's in the background that might interrupt your call. Have a working routine for the day. So get up as if you were going to work, get dressed and use a fixed place in your home or wherever you're working to make these calls. So in other words, you get into a routine where you don't have to set everything up all the time. It's already set up for you. Not only does that save time, of course, but it makes you feel more comfortable that you're going into a, a work, in inverted commas, work routine that's ideally got all the tech set up ready for you so you can just walk in and crack on with your day. And finally, just outside of this scope a little bit, in terms of exercise, go for a short five or 10 minute walk. Do a few little bits of exercise. If, if you're into yoga or stretching, that works. Anything that gets you out of a seated position for more than sort of five, 10, 15 minutes, get some fresh air, walk around, make sure that blood is flowing and hydrate drink plenty of water. You need to drink more water than most people anticipate. Drink plenty of water. You'll feel better. Your head will feel clearer. And of course, if there are lots of Zoom calls, don't feel awkward or obliged to go on every single Zoom call. There are alternatives to Zoom calls. One of them is called the phone. <laughs> so before we had online communications, people used to just jump on the phone and have a chat. And I think these days, it's probably worth having one or two phone calls a week rather than just Zoom calls. There's a whole different feel towards phone calls. And the way we used to communicate with phone calls was very, very effective. So you don't have to say yes to every single Zoom or Teams meeting. You could just have a basic phone call. You can probably achieve just as much. And if it does really have to be a Zoom call, then build in what I call a buffer, a buffer zone. Don't have eight one-hour meetings back-to-back -back all day long. That will drive anybody insane. Have a few meetings, build in 30 minutes to 45-minute break between each one. Of course, you can still work in that break, but it's a buffer. So you can just have a short pause and a short break from back-to-back -back Zoom meetings. And finally, there's two words that have come to me during the lockdown last year 2020 and certainly the beginning of this year 2021 that you know things happen in life that we can't control and one of the things that obviously has happened this time for all of us in terms of the pandemic globally is that we can't move about or as freely as we'd like to so we're all stuck indoors and we're all stuck in house but we do have the opportunity and the freedom to speak to all our friends colleagues and family online all I would say is the two words that stick out for me most this last couple of years, uh, last year, and certainly last couple of months uh, over Christmas and beginning of 2021, is the ability just to be more patient and more empathetic. So patience and empathy has stuck out for me over the last few months very much 
in terms of your ability just to be patient and just to be more empathetic with people, whether they're colleagues or clients online. We have no idea what's going on in the background with some people's lives. So don't be tone deaf. It's a word that I've heard a number of times over the last uh, eight to 10 months. Don't be tone deaf. Appreciate that other people have situations in the background which we may never know about. So just be empathetic and just be patient. And that's it for this week. So I appreciate this was a little bit longer, but thank you very much. This was part three of the three-part series. If you recall, the whole series was about the simple and short tips, techniques, and tools for virtual meetings and presentations. Week one was about content and context. Week two was about your physical skills. What are your audience looking at and what are they listening to? And today, the tech setup and general area of communication online. The tech setup, general areas of communication in terms of you know, your exercise and having a fixed place to say and not saying yes to every single Zoom call. And finally, my two favorite words of the last few months is just roll with it. Have more patience than you normally would and just be empathetic and don't be tone deaf to other people's situations. So thank you very much for listening. I really look forward to connecting with you next week. Have If you've got any questions or any comments, please drop them in the comments section. I'd be delighted to respond to you whenever. Uh, so stay safe and take care. Bye for now.